I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am the ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the ferryman of souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. Binge this season of The Passage now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Clam comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Just the arrogance of Lizzie Mulder, it made it easier for me to go after her because I just didn't like her. In May 2016, authorities are piecing together the spectacular cons of Laguna Beach CPA, Lizzie Mulder. When all was said and done, how much money did she get from you? 291000 But years before Lizzie scams that Newport Beach salon, she starts doing the books for Jack Wines in Napa Valley. She was a big part of helping me get organized when I started the wine business. And when Jay Avery checks himself into rehab for a prescription pain pill addiction, Lizzie Mulder takes the reins of his wine company. And what she does next almost drives Jay to the brink. I got to a place to where I wasn't sure if I really wanted to continue moving forward with life. I'm 
I'm Jonathan Walton, and this is Queen of the Khan, the OC Savior. Episode 3, Grapes of Wrath. Me and my partner, a close friend named Alex, we would blend the wine and then we'd go out and sell it just door-to-door, basically. Jay Avery starts Jack Wines in Napa Valley back in 2009, and he's doing really well. And it started to get bigger. Then we had direct-to-consumer, which was online, and that's when I decided to hire Lizzie to help manage the direct-to-consumer. And the relationship started as she was just kind of helping me do the accounts payable and receivable and managing the books. So paying for the foil, the cork, the bottles, shipping, as well as uh, storage. So I delegated a lot of that to her. And when you started the wine business and you hired Lizzie and she starts helping you do stuff, you know, run the finances, what stage of your addiction are you at? I'm not even full tilt yet. I'm highly functioning, but I I met her in 09, and it didn't get really bad until middle of 2011, until I went and sought treatment. So at this point, you're running a business, and Lizzie appears to be not only helping you with your wine business, but helping you recover, like helping you with your addiction. Yeah. So when I was getting sober, her brother passed away from a heroin overdose, and he was also an opiate addict. And she told me, you know, to get sober and not to die on her, too. Those were her exact words. Lizzie Mulder becomes like a sister to Jay. They spend Christmases and Thanksgivings together. So when Jay checks himself into rehab, Lizzie's got his back. And at that point, I needed to pay a bunch of bills and do a bunch of stuff for the business and detox in Utah. And then they wouldn't allow me adequate time on the computer to get done what I needed to get done. They asked me if I had somebody that could help me in this process. And they took me down to Wells Fargo and I made her a signer on the account and I gave her signing authority. So while Jay is in rehab, Lizzie takes full control of Jack Wines and seems to be doing a fantastic job, bottling wine, doing the books, paying vendors, and paying the company's taxes. Production actually ticks up 25% under Lizzie's leadership. Jay Avery and his wife Marla are relieved. And when I got out, I really wanted to stay healthy and stay active in my recovery and not have to focus on some of that stuff, so I just let her run with it until I got healthy. And then it seemed like she was doing a good job, so I didn't change anything in the, in the short term. She was also, like, giving him a lot of hope with investors and these grandiose ideas of where the winery would go. So not only is Lizzie doing a great job running Jack Wines, but she's also courting new investors out of China who have millions of dollars. They potentially want to invest in Jay's company. She said she had sent an email to a company that helps young wineries grow and go global, right? And depending if the product's any good and if we have marketing behind us, but they would give us marketing dollars, they would help us find distribution, but they needed more varietals, right? So we did a cab and a Chardonnay. 
it was a high-end wine, but we were gonna make a couple lower-end products so we could do volume, but keep the high-end as well. So I had to make samples, I had to get bottles, I had to come up with labels. I mean, it was a process. And at the time I had the money to do it. So I said, you know what, if this could potentially help this brand grow exponentially, this sounds like a good opportunity. So I said, okay, let's go forward. Let's make samples, let's get bottles, let's maybe do new labels. You know, the foil, the cork, I wanted to do a certain kind of cork. I mean, there was all sorts of stuff that we wanted to do, adding little bells and whistles that created, you know, a better buzz around the name and better marketing. So the process was, she told me about it. I talked to Brent Harrison. Brent Harrison gave me a list of action items I needed to do for them to be satisfied in investing into our company. Brent Harrison is the liaison for a huge Chinese wine conglomerate, the Wine Trust. They're excited to invest millions of dollars in Jack Wines. They just need some more proof of concept stuff from Jay. We were going to come up with, you know, three or four more different rattles of wine. And then we were going to ship it out to them and have them sample. And then we were supposed to meet in Boston one of the times and they canceled. And then I spoke to Brent Harrison for another six months over the phone. Meanwhile, I think we're getting samples. I think we got the foil, the cork. Lizzie would send me pictures of all this stuff, what she was ordering. I said, it looks great. We were getting ready for this meeting in Seattle. And then the last minute, they text me probably around 10 a.m. on a Friday, and I was supposed to leave at around 4 p.m. to go to Seattle, and they said they wanted another live scan. And a live scan is what you have to do to be able to get liquor licenses in the rest of the country. Uh, this is basically a background check. I had one done before my DUI, but I wouldn't have been able to pass another one, but they last 10 years, so I should have been fine. And Lizzie said, well, they want an updated one. I said, well, we just had this one two and a half, three years ago. I, I should be fine. And she's like, I'll go, you hang back. I don't want this to be unprofessional. I said, that doesn't make any sense. I'm going and I'm meeting these people. I kind of had an idea that this wasn't really adding up, so I called the Edgewater in Seattle. Thank you for calling the Edgewater for assistance with an existing reservation. I said, hey, is there a room for Elizabeth Mulder and another room for Jay Avery? And they said, no. And I said, okay. So I text Lizzie, I said, give me the confirmation number for the hotel. So 10 minutes later, I got confirmation. So then I called the hotel and I spoke to the same lady and she said someone just called and booked that room. Then, all of a sudden, Jay gets an email from Brent Harrison canceling their Seattle meeting altogether. I just, I knew right then and there this whole thing was a bunch of, it was just BS. I knew it, and I cried, I'll be honest, man. I was I cannot believe that all this is not what it is. I, I was so hurt. So I didn't even go to anger, I didn't go, I just, I, I laid in bed for a little bit and gathered myself and said, okay, what do we do? Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. 
We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics, in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, was good. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. Good one, Dad. <sighs> Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. 
Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Marla texts Lizzie and said, you know, we know that this isn't adding up. And that's when Marla asked me for all my bank statements, all my emails for the company, everything. And every day for anywhere from one to four hours a day, she sat in the office and printed out everything. No one knew it at the time, but Jay's wife, Marla, would turn out to be crucial to the case. There was another component to this, though. Like, okay. He was going through a very yeah. um, stressful, difficult divorce. And she was supposed to be doing all the paperwork, yeah. or the, all the taxes and all the financials for it. That's where my red flag went up, was oh, because right. his child support was through the roof because he couldn't get these financials in. And it didn't make sense to me. It was like... Child support yeah. was over 7000 a month, yeah. Like, between the lawyer and her, I kept trying to get all this financial information for court so that this could be wrapped up. Lizzie actually knows Jay's ex-wife and has her hands in all of Jay's divorce paperwork, grossly inflating Jay's finances, making his ex-wife entitled to more alimony. So when Jay and Marla finally sit down with Detective Jordan Marakian at the Laguna Beach Police Department after months of being turned away, Jay is convinced Lizzie Mulder and his ex-wife are conspiring against him. The short version of his story was, while I was in rehab, my accountant colluded with my ex-wife, who I'm in a custody battle with and a child support battle with, and together they emptied my account. That's what he thought initially. Yeah, sounds like a mess. Yeah. Right? And their theory was that Lizzie Mulder, my suspect, had elevated the books to make it appear that Jay was making more money. So when Jay and his ex-wife went to court, she would get more alimony and child support. Uh, So so that was their theory. They didn't think Lizzie was a con artist. They thought his ex-wife was putting her up to it so she could get more alimony. Correct. Interesting. And, and that turned out not to be true at all. Uh, we couldn't prove or disprove it. Were they in cahoots? I couldn't, I couldn't say, but what I, what I can say is it, with fraud, right, I know how much money I make, right? If I had just pulled up here in a brand new Maserati, anyone would say, wow. Where did he get the money to buy that? Where's he getting the money? Yeah. He's either really good at Bitcoin or he's a crook. (laughs) Because Seal Beach isn't paying him enough to, you know. Yeah. So I don't think the ex-wife was necessarily involved, but I think presented with the information that Lizzie was giving her, probably, I mean, I would think that that's exciting. You know, I'm going to get more child support. I'm going to get more support for my kids. So why would you ask any questions? Right. It's like when you get your taxes done, if you get a big return, you're not going to ask your accountant, how'd you pull that off? Right. You're just going to say, okay, as long as I don't get audited, we're good. I'll take it. Right. Interesting. So Jay's ex-wife is not in on the scam. Lizzie Mulder is feeding her lies, too, to ramp up the drama 
and distract everyone from what's really going on. After Jay's current wife, Marla, judiciously examines all of the financial records for Jack Wines, she starts putting the puzzle together. So I was going through the emails and I found the invoices and I called these companies and I would say, like, do you have an invoice from Jack Wines for this amount with this invoice number? And they're like, no, that doesn't exist. Remember, though, at first, Detective Merakian isn't convinced an actual crime has occurred. He's just meeting with Jay and Marla to assuage them, to make them feel heard, to be polite. I'm like, okay, this is gonna, this is a domestic court, family court, civil court, but not criminal court. I'm out. What got you back in? Marla. Marla. Yeah, so Marla had very meticulous records and emails. It gets very convoluted within that. You have a fake email address with a fake name. And the the bottom line is Marla was able to present documentation to show that there are fake people who are accepting invoices on behalf of Lizzie Mulder and Jack Wines. And money is not going from Jack Wines to these people. It's going right back into Lizzie Mulder's account. And she could prove that immediately. 100%. So that swayed you? It swayed me enough to at least pull a case number and listen. Given that it was the end of the day, I, I gave Jay about 45 minutes and, and wow. Marla. And then I, I said, well, you know, we got to cut this short. Um, I need you to go back and get some bank records. I gave him some homework. Right. In my head, I was like, they probably won't come back. Oh, but Jay and Marla do come back with tons of evidence. And Detective Merakian begins piecing together the full extent of Lizzie Mulder's scams. And then she creates a fake Uh, invoice from the wine company, right? Shows Jay, hey, here's the invoice for $8,000. I paid it out of my own pocket. So you just reimburse me. Reimburse my company, Mulder Financial, or later on, income tax payments, which is a totally different scheme. Right. So That that Jay fell victim to as well. Yes. She was making these tax payments, allegedly, but really, they were going to her own Bank of America account labeled income tax payments. Yeah, and and income tax payments, you know, this kind of goes into the naivety of business owners. Jay, you owe the IRS $30,000. I'm going to negotiate it down to $20,000. I just need you to cut a check for your debt to the IRS. Jay says, okay. And then what Lizzie would do is she would call him back and say, good news. I negotiated it down to (laughs) $20,000. So when you see a a check go out to income tax payments for $20,000, that's your payment to the IRS. Right. Not knowing that you write a check to the Internal Revenue Service. Right. Or the U.S. Treasury. Or the U.S. Treasury. You don't write it to income tax payments. It's crazy to me that Bank of America ever allowed a DBA called income tax payments in the first place, but... It is crazy. But by far, the craziest and most complex scam Lizzie pulls on Jack Wines over the course of a year is one for the record books. The Wine Trust, that Chinese company that wants to pour millions of dollars into Jay's winery, their guy, Brent Harrison, talks to Jay on the phone dozens of times, but always ends up canceling in-person meetings at the last minute. As you might have already guessed, 
there is no wine trust. And Brent Harrison is, surprise, surprise, Lizzie Mulder. She created a website. She created a 1-800 number. She created two personalities, uh, Zhang something, a guy named Brent Harrison. So she created this whole company basically saying they're going to invest into Jack Wines. We need to do X, Y, and Z to make that happen. So I put even more money and you get bottles and juice samples. and samples and all this stuff. And that was like a good amount of money too. And that company ended up not even being a, a real company. So I spent probably a good 25 hours, 30 hours talking to Brent Harrison. Come to find out she is Brent Harrison using Spoo software. And I'm thinking I'm talking to a guy overseas that wants to invest into my winery. And really, I'm talking to that woman in Orange County that is just scamming me the whole time. And it so, sounded like a man. It did. It sounded just like a man. It was wild. The 1-800 number, the website, there was reviews. There was a whole bunch of stuff that she did that we looked into. So for me, when this all came out, I felt like a crazy person. Because I'm like, is this really a thing? Or is this, did she really do this? It just dawned on me, the reason she invented this investor, and correct me if I'm wrong, was to get you to believe that something big's gonna happen for the yeah. company so you would put more money in so she could yes. take more money out. Yes, 100%. At this point, Detective Merakian starts building a strong case against Lizzie Mulder. You had a fake Brent Harrison. Yeah. Who I, I found... You have to establish that there's a She's real person. Someone. So if you invent a person, it's not a crime. Correct. You've got to be fucking kidding if me. If it's a real person that a could be held criminally or civilly liable, it's, it's identity theft. But if, if it's a whole invented person, right. there's no crime. And I found a Brent Harrison that was on a, a board of directors for some wine oh, business. Oh, that was plausible, yeah. And it was like... That's who she's impersonating. That's who, and I talked to him. He's like, I've been out of the wine business for 10 years. I live in Washington with my wife. I said, well, you're the victim of identity theft now. Congratulations. So we were able to add that. Yeah, that was a brilliant move. Yeah. God, God bless you. <laughs> I got creative. Yeah. Yeah. And without, I mean, obviously without lying or making anything up. If there is a real Brent Harrison in, in wherever he was living, he was involved in the wine business. He did attend a meeting that Jay Avery was at. Ooh. Because Jay Avery, when he was initially bottling the wine, he would go into local wineries and they'd do a tasting. Yeah. Right? Sell my wine. And from my understanding was that Brent Harrison was the manager of one of these small wine businesses. And he was also on the board of directors for a conglomerate. But he was out of the business. Now, the reason why he becomes a victim, he could, for all intents and purposes, be sued. Somebody could say, well... Yeah, he can't prove I was defrauded by Brent Harrison. Yeah, he yeah. could have been involved. Yeah. He wasn't. Right. But. Wow. Yeah, it becomes very tricky. And professional con artists actually prefer their scams to be very tricky. Because the more complicated they make their scams, the harder it is for victims to explain what happened to them. And the harder it is for police to believe the scams and investigate them. Jay Avery has an uphill battle getting police to take his case seriously, and he's lost a lot. 
So she got me for like two eighty five altogether. Two hundred eighty five thousand. Um, yeah, but then the IRS sent me a letter for it was like a quarter million. Probably lost a couple million over the divorce, Lizzie, IRS, I, I, over like a seven year period. Wow. Um, yeah, but yeah. And that's a couple yeah. million you would not have lost if Lizzie Mulder yeah. didn't inject herself into your life. Yeah. writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Eugene Fodor. Gene, was booted. Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with. So you write the books, Gene, and Vlastar on the business. I understand now. He's a wise man who marries a wiser woman. But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. Get down! I'm not stupid, Jean. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth. Freeze, Americano! Jean, run! So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I've never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for deliverance. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. 
We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed and to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hey guys, I'm home. Everyone knows that it's dad's job to be a bit of a joker. Sorry I'm late, everyone. There was an accident at the factory. Monty fell into the upholstery machine. Don't worry, though. He's fully recovered. (sighs) Good one, Dad. (sighs) Did you get the pizza for dinner? So he likes to keep everyone happy with some dad jokes. Yep, right here. I had a coupon, and it saved me a lot of dough. Well, the truth is, Dad is just a fun guy. Hey, I'm not a mushroom. Please stop. Where does he get these stupid jokes from? He listens to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast. Oh, great. More dad jokes for me. We've delivered over 15,000 jokes to over 3 million listeners, and man, the postage fees are killing us. Listen to the Daily Dad Jokes podcast every day on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. One of the most interesting things about the Lizzie Mulder case is how her victims don't believe their victims at first. A few months after Jay Avery goes to police, Jesse Mulder, Lizzie's husband, walks into the Laguna Beach Police Department and tells Detective Merakian his wife is stealing from her clients. Jesse walks in and he gives me the names of about six different businesses. And so I start making phone calls to all those businesses the following Monday. And every single one of them First, they didn't believe I was a detective. (laughs) Second, they didn't believe that Lizzie Mulder had done anything wrong. Isn't that amazing? And third, they weren't entirely convinced that they were victims of fraud. Because, as Mark Twain famously said, it's easier to fool people than it is to convince them that they've been fooled. It's also a testament to how believable Lizzie really is. Well, the account documentation that Lizzie was sending them, which was doctored, right, showed a balance. Right. right. Everything made sense on paper. Yeah. So they were defending her to you. Yeah. I mean, they were basically saying, I I, I think you got the wrong girl. Lizzie's a sweetheart. <laughs> I've been in her house. I've, seen, I've met her kids and her beautiful family. And, you know, she's amazing. She's amazing, all right, at being a sophisticated scammer. When Jay's wife, Marla, starts calling all those companies listed on the fake invoices Lizzie used to scam Jack Wines, she gets some interesting reactions. A lot of people were so nice and so cooperative, and, like, some people were really upset. Print shop. And I think it's somebody that she scammed to in Laguna Beach. It was, it was like a Kinko's or something, yeah. and he was really upset. Why is everybody telling me that they involved, and why is this going on like that? Which I'm sure maybe it was an emotional reaction. I'm sure somebody called Jay in the midst of their friendship. Some bullshit. I don't know what happened there, but she took money out there all the time from his account. We thought he was a part of it at one point. Because he was so upset, which I totally understand. Like, I fully caught him off guard, I'm sure. I tracked down the guy who Marla fully caught off guard that day. His name is Mike Cochran. 
I've been an entrepreneur since I've been about 28 years old. Dad, father of four kids, run a series of businesses, but for a solid 22 years, I ran a print shop. And that was when I got uh, exposed to Lizzie Mulder. At seven feet tall, Mike cuts an imposing figure. He's a no funny business kind of guy and printing is in his blood. My dad was a printer, oh. my grandfather was a printer, so I'm technically I'm third generation. Wow. California Print-A-Copy is the name of Mike's shop, and in 2011, he's looking for a new CPA. We had a series of tax issues. My tax guy used for 15 plus years, retired. Retired. Yeah, he said he had some health issues. So we hired another guy through a referral, a friend local to us. And after six months, he gave us our taxes for two years, and he made all sorts of errors. And my wife and I were like, ah, this ain't our guy. So we paid him. We then uh, talked to a few of our clients, because when you own a print shop, you're dealing with all these small businesses. That's what a lot of the uh, people are, our clients. You know, they're other business owners. I was talking to a gal. She was a dog trainer. We used to print business cards for her and put up graphics on her cars and stuff like that to promote her business. She knew a girl, young lady, uh, Elizabeth Mulder, and uh, referred us, said she's a tax preparer. And what did she tell you about Lizzie Mulder at that point, that she's good? Like, did she yeah. extol her virtues? Yeah, you know, it's one of the attributes you uh, reflect on when you find out you've been ripped off is why and how. And I mean, for me, it was simply that uh, I'm a very trusting person and I feel I can size people up. You know, I feel like I know when there's a threat and when there isn't. I didn't feel any of that. Yeah. And at that time in my business, we got to know her in late 2011, and my dad was in the last four months of his life. So I was super distracted, you know? I would go into work, work three, four hours, and then I'd get in my truck, drive down to uh, Carlsbad where my dad was, spend three, four hours with him, mm -hmm. bring him stuff, hang out with him, go see my mom, and then come home at eight o'clock at night mm -hmm. and repeat it, so, you know, that's one of the things that you find about these scam artist type people is Lizzie profiled certain people. Yeah. Anybody she could run across, but they had to fit a certain criteria. They had to A, have funds behind them of some variety or nature and uh, approachable, you know, and uh, busy. Yeah. I think that that was her biggest thing that she got on us is we were busy. Yeah, well, I mean, every small business owner is busy. Yeah. Because, you know, I come from a family of small business owners. When you run a small business, you wear many hats. You, oh, yeah. you got to be this this day. You got to be that that day. You got to do everything. Yeah. You can't hire bodies for all the work. You got to do it. Yeah. So, of course, you're busy. Yeah, she targeted small businesses for sure. Yeah. And then Lizzie Mulder starts grooming her new mark and gets really close. Lizzie was around for a couple of years, two, two and a half years. We were friends. And she talked about when she was a young girl that she started riding horses and she went through a stable where she met the dog trainer. They rode horses, then they started to competitively ride them, long distance, cross country horse racing, I yeah. think is what they call it, something like that. Sounds expensive is what sounds you call it. Sounds expensive, yeah. man. That sounds like Orange County, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she came in and she said all the right things. She had the right look, wearing her Nordstrom's clothes, good jewelry, yeah. her nails are done. 
you know. She looked glamorous. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we kind of had a mini interview, my wife and I. My wife was doing the books at the time. We were really busy with our lives, you know. Lizzie comes in, gives us her resume. Here's all my uh, work experience. Here's, you know, what I know. And I graduated from... Uh, uh, wasn't it Pepperdine? She Pepperdine said? University. So she I told apologize. You Pepperdine. That's oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. cum laude to boot. You know, <laughs> you know. That's the best part is when you start evaluating when you get ripped off. Yeah. You find out what the fuck was wrong with me, man. I mean, how many people do I know that really did graduate summa cum laude? You know, yeah. it's amazing how people's minds can spin this stuff and uh, make it convincing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, society functions by trust. You know, when there's a knock at the door and it's the UPS guy, if you don't trust that it is, you'll never open your door. Yeah. You'll never leave your house. Society would grind to a halt without trust. So that's what Lizzie Mulder and other con artists oh, yeah. use. Oh, yeah. They know when they say they went to Pepperdine, you're just going to trust that that's true. Yeah. 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 The more I hear about Lizzie Mulder from Mike Cochran, the more curious I get about the dog trainer. The dog trainer recommends her. The dog trainer recommended her, yes was like her second mom, she claimed, and all that. So I run the dog trainer through my three background check databases, and I find a phone number, and I call her up, and I get her voicemail. Now, I don't want her to know I'm calling about Lizzie Mulder, because then she might never call me back. But I don't want to lie either. So I keep things vague, but truthful. Hey, my name is Jonathan Walton. I'm working on a podcast for iHeartRadio, and I really want to interview you. Give me a call back as soon as you can. So the next day, the dog trainer calls me back and blows my mind. According to her, Lizzie Mulder is being set up. Next time on Queen of the Con, the OC Savior... You know, the embarrassing part about us is we're one of the lower ripoffs, okay? She took $18,000 out of my business. She took uh, a little over $20,000 out of my parents. And it looks like this con artist might not be working alone. The dog trainer tells me Lizzie Mulder is innocent. Lizzie Mulder is not a con artist. My mind is blown right now. I'm speechless. I can't even think. An expert weighs in on just how good a con artist Lizzie Mulder really is. So what's your take on the dog trainer? That Lizzie did a hell of a job on her. I think that it's kind of one of those things where they all stick together, kind of like cops stick together, you know? Queen of the Con, The OC Savior, is a production of AYR Media and iHeart Media, hosted by me, Jonathan Walton. Executive producers, Jonathan Walton for Jonathan Walton Productions, and Eliza Rosen for AYR Media. Written by Jonathan Walton. Consulting producer, Evan Goldstein. Senior associate producer, Eric Newman. Sound design by Baked ZD Media. Mixed and mastered by Cameron Taggy. Sound editing, audio and studio engineering by Matt Jacobson. Legal counsel for AYR Media, Gianni Douglas. Executive producer for iHeartMedia, Maya Howard.
I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series called Blooded, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one case, but almost a dozen. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I am the ferryman. In the shadows of the afterlife, the ferryman of souls guides America's most influential spirits to their eternal rest. Where are you taking me? Are you death? This road is not on any map. How much for a ticket? All I ask for in payment is a tale. I don't know who got to Kennedy first. And the devastation those first bombs caused. I've never been to hell, but I know intimately the hymns of the damned. Binge this season of The Passage now. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Clam comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. So we were going to become the McDonald's of kid treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.